And now, from God's Unchanging Word Studios in New Orleans, we are pleased to bring you news, nuggets, and insights with today's host, Tom Carey. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to God's Unchanging Word in another edition for our news, nuggets, and insights. And today is Friday, April 8th, 2022. We are just one week away from God's spring Holy Day seasons. We'll talk about that at the end of our program today. So let's get right into the program. Systematic destruction, multi-events at the same time. You've probably heard someone tell you, we've all been through this before. We've always had wars and rumors of wars. But have we ever seen anything on the level that we're seeing now toward the days we live in today? We'll talk about that. Nearing the end of the U.S. dollar domination, this is one of the most important focuses of our program today. Things took place just last week that the world has not taken notice that I'm going to bring you today. And we're going to go into the spring holy days. Is Easter in the Bible? Believe it or not, Easter is in many of the Bibles today. I'll talk about that when we get to our nuggets portion. Let's bring a little brief story first. North Korea signals it's preparing for a nuclear test exploring the U.S.-Russia rift. North Korea looks to set to detonate its first nuclear bomb in more than four years as the United States sanctioned disputes with Russia and China to make further United Nations penalties against the country unlikely. Well, as they say, don't let a good calamity go to waste, so they're not going to let it happen in their country. South Korea media reported workers have been observed digging a new passageway to the Pyongyang site where North Korea conducted all six of its previous nuclear tests. They're not going to be outdone in the news, and they're getting ready just in case a world war breaks out. They're going to be prepared to strike if it gets near them. All right, I want to bring in something here, and I want you to bear with me and kind of follow along what I'm going to do here. Because every now and then it's good to just stop, take stock of where you're at and what God's brought us through, the information he shared with us. Because over the last seven years, we've been stockpiling story after story, series after series of events taking place as God begins to unveil them and help us understand the time and the days we live today. This one here, what I'm about to bring as we fill this one slide out, we're going to build a story around today because it's very, very important. So you ready? Let's go. This came from our Deception and Lying Wonders. This was from the Smithsonian.com. It said the world just issued a 12-year ultimatum on climate change. It was clearly interesting because this was issued, as you can see on that screen there, in October of 2018. It says this. Leading, science, leading climate scientists paint a dire portrait in years to come if we maintain carbon emissions status quo. Well, that seemed to set the whole world to an uproar. But see, this is simply a follow-up on something that began right here in the United States by the Pope just a few years earlier. We talked about this in our April 12th, almost three years ago to the week, in April 12th, 2019, talking about the problems that were coming. All right, so you with me? We're talking about lies, deceptions, lying wonders. We're talking about the Smithsonian now, where the world has made climate a god, that everything has to be focused toward climate. And we brought it out in three years ago. So now let's pick up the story. Let's build the slide to show you where we are today. This was all based upon a program that was instituted by the Pope right here in America in 2015. It was called his 2030 Agenda. What he did then was he brought in the faith-based organizations to let them know that they were uniquely placed. In other words, they had the opportunity now to take all their membership and mold them into a new change coming that the world was changing unless we stepped in to save it, we're all going to die. Moved everything away from God, from Jesus Christ, from his plan of salvation, and into we're going to save ourselves is what he's doing here. And who he's going after? He's going after the churches. It was called the SDG back then, the Sustainable Development Goals. He said governments are working to encourage religions to work together under the Vatican. So what we began to see in 2015 
was the emergence and the beginning of a, a, a resurrection of an end-time beast power coming together of government and church to work together under one man, the Pope. All that began back in 2015 right here in America as Satan channeled what he was going to do. Then, about a year later, 2019, right after this event of 2018, we began to see this incredible move toward green. This was, we reported in February 22nd, 2019, in News Nuggets and Insights, we quote, We have only 12 years till the end of the world. That's what we were being told back in 2018. We reported it in 2019. This was from the report of the Scientist Monthly in 2018. We have 12 years till the end of the world. Now, this is very important. This is what I want to focus on. So let's keep that up just a second for this paragraph. This would give the funding needed to begin our years of lean, a self-fulfilling prophecy. So what I was saying back then, we're living in right now. All the events, the escalation, the finances, the world's conditions and problems, and believe it or not, even the war in Ukraine has been self-fulfilling by our goal of changing the climate. How is this self-fulfilling? Because what the United States did by opening up that pipeline to Russia, allowing him to bypass the Ukraine so that Russia can bring an end around, so if you were playing football, it's called an end around, into Europe where he can destroy Ukraine without affecting his income or needs to be able to feed Europe. So by taking the supply out of the Ukraine, going around through this pipeline that we in essence gave him now, which it was told if you do this, they're going to be dependent upon Russia for forever. Well, they are. In the meantime, that funding was new to create the war while we spend all of our income trying to become green. The self-fulfilling prophecy is in the years of lean. God said that we would reach the time of a lean period before we actually go into this tribulation of three and a half years, the time of Jacob's trouble. We have begun that. This year is beginning to see how fast we're moving into lean. How did it all go? Is because we're getting off of the fossil fuels, which we are all built around, the entire society, the world is built around fossil fuels, taking that money now away from the fossil fuels, cutting off our own throat, cutting off the throats of the rest of the world so we can go green. That's where we're at right now. So now, what was this all about? Why was this so important? Right here. It started in 2015 with the 2030 Agenda. The 2030 Agenda was the Pope saying that we, we have until 2030 to be able to save the world. Well, the world scientists pick it up right there. There's it in Smithsonian. We've got 12 years to save the planet. Why all of a sudden 12 years? Because he just said so. And Satan is the great deceiver, deception lying wonders, to deceive the whole world. So the whole world is buying into this nonsense that we had 12 years to save the planet. The last thing, our political system all jumped in on the same thing, 2030. 2030, so we have our political system, we have the world's governments, we have the world's religions, and we have the science saying we've got to 2030. We asked the question back then, how and why is this possible? I'm going to show you that in just a second. We also showed you here, Beta O'Rourke says this, we should do nothing less than marshal every resource. So what did I just say a little while ago? Is we have financed our own calamity and catastrophe. We're going to marshal every resource in the country to meet the challenge to reduce our dependence on fossil fuels to get net zero emissions. And the problem is, we cannot supply the needs to maintain an economy without them. It does not exist at this time. Will it exist at some point in time? But it will not exist before Jesus Christ returns. It is an impassable feat, and we have said so from the beginning. So why, why, what is all this about? Right here. Here's the question. Is it possible that Satan, he knows 
his time to be put away? Now think about this. Does Satan know that he has a period of time? Well, of course he does. The Bible says he knows he has but a short time. So we began asking a question after this, like, well, what does he know that we don't know? All right, so how does he know he has but a short time? Is God going to let him know more than we know about his plan? And God says he's not going to do anything until he tells his servants first? Well, in the book called the Bible, God's already told us what's coming, and it's found in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Come, he says, let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn, he will heal, he has spitten, he will bind us up. This is a prophecy directly related to the end time. It's talking about the Lord. The Lord has smitten. So we're talking about a time before he returns that we're going to see the time of the day of the Lord, the anger of the Lord coming out, giving man retribution for his sins. But it goes on to say this, verse 2. And after two days he will revive us, and in the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. So all of this, everything you're looking at, the 2030 agenda, the religions, the governments, the science, are all pointing to a time that God has prophesied in the Bible. That's what Satan was telling us and knows it's not the end of the world, it's the end of his world. And he's going to be bound up for a thousand years, and he knows it. So what is he doing? He's marshalling everyone up to be able to fight Jesus Christ. And we're talking about in the recent sermon I just gave just last week. I'll tell you more about that in the future. I'm not going to cover it today. I just didn't have enough time because there was something that needed to be said today, which I'm getting into. This prophecy is built around a day as a thousand years. In two days from the time that Jesus Christ was crucified and was put in the grave, was around, it was around 30 or 31 A.D., and then you could fight over the arguments of which year it is. It's not that important in, in, in the scheme of things because God says he's going to cut time short. The two days is 2,000 years is important for us today at this particular time because, you see, 2,000 years brings us to 2030 or 2031. Because you see, the third day, or the third thousandth year, ushers in the return of Jesus Christ, the thousand-year reign. That'll come somewhere around 2030, 2031, plus or less. We don't know exactly. We don't know the day or the hour. But God says we would know the season. You are in that season. And if a person can't recognize it, then they need to get on their knees before God and open up their minds to see. This is what's important. Now, this entire slide that I just built is built around a scenario that God promised that was going to happen before his return. You're in that scenario right now. You're in the scenario right now. So now, with that said, let's get into what leads into the next phase of going into a captive state before Jesus Christ returns. All right? So now, let's begin to cover and lead into this where we're going from here. So how do you prepare for the lean? We've been talking this now really heavy for about a month now. What will people do when the shelves are empty? It's interesting. You've been in the store lately? Have you noticed that there's a supply of food that doesn't seem to be like it used to be? Has your shelves been empty? Take a look at this video, what they're trying to do to calm the people. You ready for that video? Let's play that video. What's up with this? Aisle after aisle of folding chairs? And look at this store, the shelves filled with giant plastic piggy banks. Every single aisle has these piggy banks here. Nope, it's not the latest craze. They're decoys. It's a tactic many stores are using to fill empty shelves at a time when the nation's experiencing major shortages of pretty much everything due to the supply chain crisis. What a supermarket is trying to do is hide the fact that there are shortages. They don't want to scare consumers at all. Shopping expert Phil Leppert says there's method to the madness. Empty shelves can spark panic. They also want to prevent hoarding from taking place the way it did in the beginning of COVID. This store actually covered their empty shelves with a giant image of packed shelves. Fake food covering up empty shelves, tweeted the shopper who spotted the ruse, so people won't notice the cupboard is bare. And this drink's fridge sure looks full, but open it up, it's practically empty. Other stores are using a different tactic, spreading out the goods they have an abundance of. They're taking 
frozen pizza, for example, that maybe just you saw one of before, and now you might see six or seven of them over a bigger area to hide those empty shelves. Another example, moving cartons of milk to the front of the shelf to make it seem full. We better get used to it. We're going to see higher prices. We're going to see more shortages. And frankly, we're going to see retailers try even harder to be able to mask the fact that their stores empty. Whether you want to believe this or not, whether you say this is just a, a bunch of lunacy, I recommend that you begin your preparation for the lean years that are coming. And as you, as you go through this month by month, you're going to see a greater stress so what are we looking at? We're looking at a, a global system that continues to be put under pressure. Eventually, it's going to collapse. Until then, you're going to see a continual lean of uh, everything we do, of, of the resources, our environment. And at all at the same time, they're putting all their money into green, which is not producing anything. And we're being held captive by our own government now to tell us how we should live day by day, step by step. They're going to begin to tell you what you can buy, what you can't buy. They're going to begin rationing as the time goes on. You've got a little bit of time, so I'm telling you now, you need to pay attention and prepare. I recommend you go back over our last four programs and begin looking at the process of beginning to prepare for the lean years. It will do you a world of good in the near future. Now, if things slow down again, I tell you this every week, if they do slow down again, you haven't lost a thing. You're better than you were before you began preparing. And at that time, everything that's still going to be available is going to be a lot more expensive. So things you buy today, you can put away that if you use them later, you can use them up, recycle, put something else in, and you'll be doing it at a less cost than it's going to be in, let's say, a year from now or six months from now. All right, so let's move on. The systematic destruction, there's so much going on that it's hard to keep a grasp of everything. Over the last few weeks, we talked about the exploitation of our nation's resources. Last week, we talked about the illegal crossing at new records. Just yesterday, I heard the news talking about the illegals coming in, especially with the, the re removal of the COVID restrictions now, that they have hundreds of thousands of people at the border, just sitting there waiting for it, and they fear that when this is removed, that there's going to be a wave of almost a million people within the next three to six months will be coming into our country illegally. So that's what's going on right now. So what are we looking at? So put this on the radar so you can be aware, is that we are looking at deterioration on multiple fronts. Just like at the stores, when you look at the, what the stores have just told us, is that they got to put fake stuff up there. they got to spread things out around. So when people walk in, they don't have this feeling of panic where they buy everything before it's all gone. Well, if the world understood what we're telling you today, there would be a panic going on if they honestly believed everything that's taken place because the deterioration that's going on is on multi-fronts. It's just not on one. In fact, when we sit here to prepare our program each and every week, we have to begin to weed through what's the most important of that week and eliminate the rest. Otherwise, we'd be here for hour after hour after hour trying to bring you this program. So now we're going to bring you a bigger picture. Now, in the bigger picture, we're talking about the destruction and deterioration which rapidly growing on multiple fronts. Food shortages. Let's talk about that for a moment. President Biden just warned that real grocery shortages are coming. People don't believe that. They're not even listening to the news. Many networks are not even reporting it. They're not saying a word about this. Russian propaganda, I guess. President Biden said Thursday that food shortages in the near future for the U.S., and it's going to be real, he said. Following the sanctions that were placed on Russia by the U.S. government as results of Russia President Vladimir Putin's invasion... Biden is predicting that groceries across the country will be in short supply and pricier than ever before. Now, in that picture that I've got up here, hey, see right here, is that it's a world review humanitarian crisis, wars and conflicts, malnutrition and hunger, natural disasters. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the horsemen. This is news. 
What does news got to do with religion? Well, it's being fulfilled in prophecy, what's coming to pass before our very eyes. Going on. So now let's talk about this. How about you? If you know there's a storm coming, do you prepare? And if you are preparing, how, how have you prepared and what are you beginning to do? Back on March 11th, we put a very hard-hitting warning for everyone to begin the preparation for the shortfalls. Just a couple weeks ago, we talked about you need to begin things to save, begin to prepare, begin to store. We talked about how your hard grains. We said begin to order it before they run out and have shortfalls that the prices go up. And they're going up already. They're already going up. So that was just a couple weeks back. So now, last week we brought this out. I want to bring this out again. Things to consider to help you prepare for the short time and the long time. In other words, if you got stuff, how do you prepare to save it? Because it can only last so long. It has a short shelf life in most cases. We talked about things you could do like blanching your, your supplies, your food, and put them in a freezer or canning, canning supplies, possibly getting a vacuum sealer, talking about getting a dehydrator. All these things add to that. And then we, lastly, we talked about a home freeze dryer. Now, I don't have time to show you that video today, but we showed you a video. So go into last week's program and see the little video on freeze drying. To my surprise and pleasantly surprised, I began getting emails and actually uh, texts and calls from people who already bought freeze dryers. And they've been using them and storing over the last couple years. So I wanted to bring this out, which was a concern. One of the person who wrote in said, yeah, but, but some, the brand name that we showed last week, it's got some bad reports from Consumer Review. And it may possibly do. I don't, I don't know. I didn't look at it. There's not a lot of freeze-drying products to pick from. There's not a lot out there. But I do want to make this note to you and keep this in mind from this day forward. It's not our goal or policy to pr promote specific brand names when we talk about preparing. All right? You know, I'm going to help count on you guys to send us information if you got them, how they work. We're going to begin looking into the process of whether it's a good company or a bad company. We don't really know. The goal is prepare. Now, we're not trying to promote any specific person. The second, it's not our goal to get into buying or selling in the church. You know, we cannot go into merchandising the church. That's not the goal. And we have always been keeping merchandising out the church. The goal is to create the means by which to help you prepare and to put brethren in touch with one another. And that's why we mentioned the lean years trading post, which we're not ready yet to come out with, to try to put brethren in touch with each other so that, that if they've got something they can do, they can trade with another person who's got something, then, then by all means it would be very important as times move on. So the goal here is prepare. Prepare as a team that is scattered, as God says, and to help people to be able to be in touch with one another. Now, let's move on with that. Amid the war in the Ukraine, world leaders now are concerned about surging fertilizer prices and food shortages and the food hikes. So not only, let's see if we can put this together for you now. So not only are we seeing there's going to be food shortages coming down the pipeline to grow the food, to prepare what we need to supply two years, three years, four years down the road, Everything we need to supply the food that's coming, that's also now going into shortfall. So not only does it mean that we're going to have a, a shortage now coming up because of whatever the reasons are, it means it's going to be longer term. God kind of gives us the indication seven years of lean. We see that in the book of uh, Genesis with Joseph. So we do know now that we're moving into a period that's going to be lean coming forward year after year so far. It's all lining up. Most fertilizer prices have more than doubled from a year ago, according to the United States Department of Agriculture. The sticker price for andronous ammonia is up 235% in one year. Nitrogen fertilizer is up 149% so far. And the liquid nitrogen is up 192%. These are just three of the mainstays to help grow products. And you can see how high they're up. That means the farmers, to be able to buy this, 
they're going to have to pass the cost on to the consumer. The consumer, they pass it on to the, the store supplies. And then you got the trucking companies and the trains who's got to move it into the cities. They're having their short supplies. They're having trouble getting drivers. And the price of fuel is skyrocketing. So everything down the road is all pointing to a real problem that's coming ahead. So maybe you get a bit of grip of why we're saying do something now, don't wait. That means you have to use uh, your head to be able to balance how you're going to do that. Russia is also urging for, to reduce fertilizer exports. So they have some of the, the biggest supply of exports to farmers around the world. Now they're saying we're going to not send it out. <coughs> Excuse me. Russia has urged domestic fertilizer producers to reduce exports further stoking fear of shortages. At the same time, the prices for stable crops like wheat, corn, soybeans are soaring and with, with the war in, in one of the world's breadbaskets threatening to push millions more into hunger. We're going to see it here with shorter shelves and less food. In other countries, they're going to see it in starvation and dying. You're going to begin to see a world at unrest over the next couple of years we haven't seen in a long, long time, or maybe not since the end of, since we've seen since the end of World War II. Rising costs of farm imports like fertilizer could further send sky, price of food skyrocketing. Now, where does this all come from and how does it all work? Now we're gonna go back again and we're gonna pull in another piece of the puzzle that we told you was coming and warned about again three years ago. This comes out of this sermon, in the sermon series I did, on roaring seas. Roaring seas, all right, that's back, we talked about Luke 21, 25. This is from a slide from that series. President Xi Jinping pointed out that the Chinese economy is a sea, not a small pond. He was referring to the tariffs that were being put on the trade uh, embargoes with China and the United States. We told you that it may seem it will work temporarily. It will not work long term, and it will only create a war and a, t a coming shift away from the United States and another self-fulfilling prophecy. That is now beginning to take place. He went on to say this. He continued that a rainstorm can destroy a pond, but it cannot harm the sea. After the numerous storms, the sea is still there. So what are we looking at as the United States is suffering and we're, we're going hand in mouth to other countries to help give us a fuel that because we cut our own throats here. China's over there. They're reaping benefits right now. And we're dependent on them for so many things. So many things. And so like they're saying, we're still going to be here. And he was saying to the United States, you're not. Why? Because they understood the principle of the head and the tail. Says so the lender and the borrower, well, they've been buying our debt for years. And then we've been buying all their supplies to keep us going. We're seeing it in our medical supplies when COVID hit. We're also seeing it in our chips with our cars. And, and everything we, we're suffering through now, you're finding it coming in from other countries, primarily China right now. So now... With that, let's take a look at what the Bible says about roaring seas. I'm only going to bring out two portions because of time. There shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars upon the earth. The stress of the nations, we're there with perplexity. That's where we're growing to, with perplexity. And the sea and the waves roaring. This is one of the most important verses in, in the uh, New Testament in relationship to prophecy and the end time. This one verse, believe it or not. The word perplexity, when you look it up, comes from the Greek word aporia, means in a quandary. So in other words, all these nations are going to be in a quandary at a loss to find a solution or no way out without resources. So here we're at, we're at this stage right now, we're moving into, we're not going to be able to find our way out of this problem. That means that war is inevitable and climaxing with greater wars coming. We're going to see that down the road. With all of that, you begin to see the fulfillment of the four horses. You begin to see hunger, famine, pestilence, and death. All of these things are all building up right before our very eyes. Going on in the same verse. Now let's look at the word waves. This is very, very important. It comes from number 2249 in the Greek, 
mean, saying, mean, uh, pronounced kuma, which is, means to be pregnant or to swell. It's, it's a, in order to burst with force is what it's trying to say in that Greek word when we translate it into uh, English. So what is waves? So you look at waves, it's related to here something like a person being pregnant and it's relating to the time of delivery when, it, when a woman begins to go into travail as she begins to deliver with wave after wave of pain coming through as she, she has these labor pains coming through. It suggests waves growing and continuing uninterrupted sessions, growing in intensity with each new session leading up to a storm like a hurricane. And if you were out along a seashore and you watched the sea one day and all of a sudden waves began picking up, you would think it's just a normal storm, not knowing that there's a hurricane offshore that's coming. When, when a woman is beginning to deliver a child, she moves to the stage where these labor pains become more intense and they become closer and closer and more and more severe as she moves into it. Well, this is what the Bible's telling us about the day we're going to live in but for the return of Jesus Christ, that when this starts, it's not going to stop. I believe we're in that period that it has started. So I don't believe it's going to stop. You're going to have periods of pain and pressure and suffering in the world, and it'll slow down a little bit. Don't get caught in the calm thinking that it's not going to happen, because as soon as you do, the next wave of problems begins to surface. That's what we're seeing taking place right now. Here's God's admonition during this time. I'm giving you two scriptures now. Jeremiah 30, it says this, verse 6. And ask now whether you see a man thus travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hand on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness. Alas, for the day is great that there is none like it. It is either in the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So as... Luke 21, 25 tells us about waves. God's telling us, be prepared for the waves. It's going to be a period of time that God's warning us. If you go into Jeremiah, you'll also notice about three and a half year period of terrible turmoil for God's people. Now, the second verse I want to bring out is this. It's found in Daniel chapter 7, verse 25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High. What is, what is God telling us? Well, he, he's telling us you need to be prepared for this. You know, you, you ever see somebody sitting in the labor room, the, the poor lady who's giving the baby, she's all wore out. But quite often, so is the husband in the waiting room because the stress just wore him out. Like, when's she finally going to deliver this baby? Well, God's telling you that you need to be prepared. You need to be mentally prepared. Why do you think the stores are putting fake pictures of food up there? Because the people are not prepared for what's coming. So what they're trying to do is, is psychologically get the people prepared for what's coming. That's why you have row after row of the same thing when you go into a store. It's like, what is all that about? Because they don't have anything to fill the shelves with. So what God's saying, this is only the beginning. And you're going to be wore out, so be prepared for it. That means you have to be grateful and thankful for what we have throughout the process or you're not going to make it through this. You're going to be mentally exhausted and give up. But it's not going to help you if you did. He said it would take to change laws that should be given into his hands to time, times, and the dividing of time. And so we're specifically talking about building up to a three and a half year period of time. So while the rest of the world who's not prepared for this, God is preparing you. And you need to take the advice of God's holy word and prepare now. Prepare for those, seen, those lean years and prepare spiritually because that you're willing to accept whatever God lets you go through. And you'll be able to make it through what's coming and be ready for the other side because he said he's going to save us out of it. Now, what is the next stage? Now, this is one of the most important news stories that builds upon this multi-level of problems that's coming. Moving away from the dollar standard after decades of the American dollar as the world's standard, the world is rapidly now moving away. They began doing this, believe it or not, from 2008, when the United States had all this fake loans going out there with the housing market, 
and its derivatives, remember the derivatives that were out there, that means they built loans upon loans upon loans upon loans that didn't exist. In other words, the whole thing was built on a house of cards and a bubble that when it began to fall, it was all going to tumble. We're there again. The world said we're not going to get caught upside down in this again. So they began moving seriously in 2008. By 2015, it got worse. So now they're in a position now. They just about are able to move away from the U.S. dollar, and they almost don't need us anymore. So it's coming close. The U.S. dominance is being steadily eroded, according to the IMF, which is the International Monetary Fund. The report says the findings are in a news, new paper issued by the International Money Fund titled Stealth Erosion of Dollar Dominance. What a, that caught my, head, my, my uh, eyes when I saw that. Active diversifiers and the rise of non-traditional reserve currencies. What does he mean by that? Non-traditional. The renminbi is the official currency of the People's Republic of China. Here's China again. China is now is, is beginning to move into its currency as the stable after the United States. They're moving into that category right now. So the renminbi is the fastest growing of the currencies. So as we move away from the dollar, where are people putting their money and what are they using to buy with? Well, they're starting to use Chinese money or the Russian ruble. Let me show you that in just a second. Saudi Arabia considers accepting the yen instead of dollars for Chinese oil sales. Saudi Arabia is in active talks with Beijing to price some of its oil sales to China in the yen, and people familiar with the matter said, a move that would dent the U.S. dollar's dominance of the global petroleum market and mark another shift by the world's top crude exporters toward Asia. Right now, everything's built around the U.S. dollar as the dollar standard. But as our economy, economy continues to deteriorate, people are feeling less and less safe putting their money there. One more thing that will happen, and in, in a reason that they're moving away, is, is that the United States has broken a sacred trust by governments around the world about who holds the money in the central banking systems. The United States has on multiple occasions now seized the assets of other governments. That's not been done. In other words, there was a, there was a law of respect for each country and, and their, their sovereign monies that they have in other banks in other countries. So now the United States has, has seized Russian assets. They have done it with Iran. They've done it with Venezuela. So other countries are saying, well, what happens when the United States don't like what we're doing and our money is in their reserves into their system and their banking system? They're moving that away also. That's something that's not being reported. We'll talk about that more in the future as we go. A paradigm shift now in the Western media hasn't grasped yet the, what's being shifted with this dollar value. The Russian ruble has just relaunched and linked gold to commodities. What in the world? Everybody thinks Russia's on the run. Russia's not running anywhere yet. Yeah, they're going to suffer through it, but they planned on suffering through it. For whatever his goal is in the Ukraine, which is certainly not anyone's health, is that Russia has a plan through all of this. He has just done something to, to should terrify most economic uh, enthusiast with what he's got going on right now. Russia's central banks has just profoundly altered the international trade and monetary system by linking the Russian ruble to gold and the commodities. So we can't do that here in America. We had to move away from that back in the 80s because we didn't have enough gold to take care of our debt. Well, Russia does. They've been buying up gold for a long, long time. And now because they have the opportunity to force nations who need their commodities and their fuel to tell them, sure, we don't, we're not going to worry about our, our money in your dollars, U.S. bank. We've got our own system going. But if you want our oil, you're going to pay for it in rubles and in gold. So that is a major shift that's been just going on just right now. Russia insists on ruble payments for gas after a huge outcry by the G7. It says, yeah, you can cry, but eventually you're going to pay us in rubles. That means they have to use Russian money to buy Russian oil. 
That means they have to take it out of the U.S. bank reserve system and move it into a different reserve system. That moves away from the U.S. dollar. That begins to erode with everything we're doing here. That means that we can no longer operate on the debt we're running right now. In the past, we simply just recycled all the debt. That's, gonna, that's coming to an end in the near future. The plan could be extended to include exports of oil, grain, fertilizers, coal, metals, and other key commodities. Will the dollar lose its reserve status? That's what's coming. But whether the inflation pushes things along or not, it is clear that the dollar's reserve status is already under pressure. In May, the dollar's share of gold reserves dropped. This was May of last year now. Dropped to a 25-year low. Since 1999, the dollar share has dropped from about 71% to just below 60% and is dropping every single month. It's not getting better. It is getting worse. So the question is, are we, end, or are we nearing the end of the dollar dominance in the world? For many people, they think it is. So what we're seeing right now looks like the beginning of the end of that 50-year U.S. dollar hedge money system and the birth of a new gold and commodity-backed multilateral monetary system. The freezing of Russia's foreign exchange reserves has, that, has been the trigger. In other words, we have done everything in our power to make the wrong decisions to resolve the issues and the problems in the world. We have taken and pushed Russia and China together and having them force the rest of the world to go to their systems versus ours. Why? Because we can't supply the needs now. Our BART lovers now are scrambling rapidly to position themselves so they can continue to get oil, to get their, the food and the commodities, the resources, the fertilizers, even, even the supplies for our chips from these countries because we have just sent it all overseas because of the greed of the American government and the American business. It's all coming down now rapidly, and God said it would before the return of Jesus Christ. And how, what triggered it all? Right there. Freezing the Russian assets. And we said from the beginning, Russia positioned themselves so that if they took these actions, that they would be ready to counter. And they told us, they warned us, you do this against us, you're going to have a price to pay. We're beginning to see that price. We may win a war in Ukraine, but we're losing the bigger picture and the bigger battle. Unbelievable what we're looking at. The giant commodity strong countries of the world, such as China, the oil exporting nations may now feel that now is the time to move to a more equitable monetary system. That means they're looking at moving away from the dollar. You'll begin to see things really deteriorate rapidly if they do. All right, so we wanted to bring that to your notice. Just one or two more. A bleak outlook for the U.S. dollar. As the dominoes fall, these events could reverberate in many ways. One, increased demand for the physical gold. We're seeing that taking place right now. Two, blow-ups in the paper gold market. Now, you may not realize this, and, and you may hold gold in a paper market. In other words, you own a derivative, just like in the housing market that broke in 2008. There's going to be, when you actually have to supply the gold, there's not going to be enough gold to supply how many people own the paper of gold. That means that a bank that let's say has $1,000 in reserves, they can lend up to 10% of their reserve or 50% or 90%. So in other words, a bank can lend of that 1,000. They don't have to have 10,000 to lend 10,000. They only need a percentage of that to lend because at no given time does anybody ever come all to the bank at one time like you've seen in 1929 at the stock market crash when everybody began to sell and go to the bank well, there wasn't enough money to give back to everybody. When the gold begins to come to standard, not the paper anymore, you're going to see that crash. And then you'll find out that what you own is useless. You don't have anything. Blow-ups in paper gold, that's what that means. We're going to see a revalued gold standard. You'll begin to see gold begin to rise again, and you will see the shift away from the U.S. dollar. 
All of these things are now working, and the United States is the catalyst to create it one more time. Systematic destruction. So we'll begin to close this section before we take our break. Revelation 9 says this, And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils or idols of gold or silver or brass or stone or wood, and neither can any see nor hear or walk. So what are we looking at now? These are, this is the gods of this world. Our science, our wood, our, our commodities, our gold and our silver. And the sins that are taking place for these people, they're not repentant, God says. So everything they see deteriorate around the world, they're blaming it on somebody, and they're blaming it, believe it or not now, is getting down to the conservatives and Christians. It goes on in verse 21. And neither did they repent of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their fornication, nor their thefts. All of these are going on. Why did I, I bring this out? Because you look at what's going on, nobody's talking about God. Nobody's about returning to God. Nobody's talking about repentance. And this is pretty far down the road in the seven seals. And even to this stage, no one is turning to God. And so those are the warnings that God tells us. So you and I, as God's people, what are we looking at? God says, be ready, long term, be prepared. It is the time of Jacob's trouble. I believe we're moving into that period right now as we speak. All right, let's take a break. There's a lot to absorb, and you may have to go back over that once or twice but please do, because it's very, very important. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Easter in the Bible. But let's take a break and look at this, this, this uh, very inspiring video called The Veil. And we'll be right back. Welcome back. Wasn't that a great video? Wow. Well, great job. All righty. Welcome back. Welcome back. All right. We've got just a reminder here before I actually get into Easter. It's time for spring cleaning. If you haven't done so, we're going to talk about getting ready to unleaven our houses. Unleavened bread's just a week away. Spring cleaning. If you haven't done so, it's time to start getting all your leavened products out of the house. 
<laughs> God says no leavening shall be found. So begin planting your meals and emptying the cupboards and the freezers. So un, you need to unleaven your house as we prepare spiritually to unleaven our lives with Jesus Christ. All right, I just want to remind you that sometimes we forget to do that. Go through your shelves, go through your cupboard, go through your freezers, whatever you got. Put it out there in front. You began using it up. Or share it with your neighbors. If you can't use it all up, give it away and tell them about the days of unleavened bread that's coming. <laughs> Throw it away. All right. Scriptural. Let's get into this. There's a misinterpretation in the Bible, the word that brought in Easter. All right. The, the, the word is found in the Bible, actually, Easter. You know, I was pre not prepared when I first began in the, in the church talking to people about, you know, Easter's pagan. So, you know, when you tell people these things, you kind of hit a nerve. That's an important day for them. And I tell them, Easter's not in the Bible. Well, one day, somebody I was talking to brought me the Bible and said, it is in the Bible right here. It's found in Acts 12, verse 4. He says, and when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to the four quarterons of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, that is in the Bible. Unfortunately, it's a misinterpretation. It was put in through an English translation in the King James Version. The word that it comes from is number 3957, Pasha, which is the translation for Passover. So it says intending after Passover. Every other time in the Bible, except for here, when the word Pasha is used in the New Testament, it is correctly translated Passover. All right, the Greek Pasha is used 29 times in the New Testament. 28 times it's translated Passover. And this was the only place that the translators put the word Easter in for some reason, whatever their guidance was at that time. So now, is Easter in the Bible or isn't it? Here's the Acts 12 and verse 4. There's the King James Version again. The New King James Version, all right, this is the new version of King James. It has it correctly translated as Passover. So if you went from the old translation of the original King James Version to the New, Trans the new Testament of the New King James Version, you'll see Passover is correctly put in. In the NIV, it's written this way. After arresting him, they put him in prison, handing him over to the guard, the four squads of four soldiers. Herod intended to bring him out for the public trial after the Passover. So even though Easter is in the Bible, it's an improper translation of the word that God calls the Passover. So if you talk to a friend or somebody about the Bible and they're reading that, it's a great chance to just bring it up in the topic. And say, by the way, did you know? That that's a mistranslation? And then you get a chance to tell them about God's Passover. One more thing that the world doesn't really understand or is misunderstood is the night to be much observed. So, so now the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years. So it came to pass at the end of 430 years and the selfsame day it came to pass that, that the host of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. It is a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out of the land of Egypt. And this is the night that the Lord to be observed for all the children of Israel in their generations. And we here, and back that up just one second, we here with God's church, we still observe that particular day. We keep the Passover just like Jesus Christ instructed and gave us the instruction through Paul in 1 Corinthians. And the very next night we get together with other brethren and we observe the time of coming out of sin. It is a time to be much observed. We'll talk about more of that next week as we move into the Holy Day season, Passover in the Days of Unleavened Bread. All right, from the home office, let's begin to wrap this program up today. DVDs in the mail went out last week. Lessons from the Past by Steve Council. And then part one of the sermon series I just concluded on walking in the footsteps of Jeremiah. That is out now. I've done three parts and you'll be getting part two in about a week, I think it is. We'll be going out with part two. We also put in the mail the April newsletter and I kind of centered around the perfect storm talking about all the events we've been talking about with news nuggets and insights. And also we offered the sermon I just delivered last week, Isaiah 9, verse 6 and 7, talking about the enemy of socialism and the government shall be upon his shoulders. So you want to be sure to get your card in and request that sermon.
So now, before we wrap it up, let me bring something to you that, that we're very excited to be able to bring you. In the picture you're looking at right here, that is our God's Unchanging Word website. This is in the archives for News Nuggets and Insights. So I'm going to blow something up here where you see this picture coming out. What we've been able to do now this year, we're actually, this is our fourth week we're doing it, was beginning to build trailers of promotion of the news nuggets and insights. So we try to have them ready a day or two before they go out that you can help us by getting the word out is getting on Facebook or getting on, uh, is it Instagram? Instagram and whatever social medias you have to be able to take these links and send them out. They're only about a minute, minute and a half long video. I'm going to show you one in just a second. And send those out to others to whet the appetite of those who are tuning in so that they would go watch News Nuggets and Insights. And then we'd be putting them on the website on the less. So let's suppose it's a year from now and you're going through the archives and you're wondering what this program's all about. Well, you can go to that little trailer for about a minute, a minute and a half. I'll tell you about what's in that program to see if you want to watch that one or another one. So now what I want to do is show you last week's trailer to show you what it is and how it's going to work. All right, let's play that trailer. All right. Well, we plan on doing those every week. Uh, they'll change up and they're going to alter. They'll be a little longer, a little shorter. But each week we're trying to do a promo that we can send out in social media to attract an audience to be able to come to seeing God's Unchanging Word, News Nuggets and Insights. All right. Well, that's it for our program. We kept the snow in one more week for all our Canadian viewers because you're still going through some snowstorms up that way. And I think some people in the United States are too. So before we move to our spring, we thought we'd give at least one more week. We'll see how the weather is next week to close our program with our background. All right, as we do every week, we want to close with an uplifting video. This one's called Glory to the Lord. And I'll be back to you in just a moment. Welcome back. Well, that's it for our program today. 
A lot to absorb. I understand that. And, and please take the time and go back into the section on the dollar because, you see, that is a paradigm shift. If this continues to move in its way, we're moving quicker than we ever dreamed about what's coming in the return of Jesus Christ. So we need to know when we see these things, we need to lift our head up high and know that salvation draws near. We don't need to be fearful or tremble. We need to, we need to embrace this and understand we need to hunker down and be ready, like God says, to go through the times that's going to wear out his saints. And you're going to feel wore out. You're going to feel wore out. Alrighty. Remember, as we tell you each and every week, thank you for watching our program. And don't forget to share this with everyone you know. They're going to love you for it. Or not. Till next week, God be with you as you prepare for Passover.